Hey y'all, today we were just talking about final releases and how important it is to keep going on this journey and really taking time to reflect and see where things are repeating and what they're repeating for. Sometimes it's for that final release, sometimes it's for that decisive energy. You really get to decide. And it's beautiful when we're paying attention. Let's go. Hey, you're on this journey, on this season five vibe. And everything season five, as I'm forecasting what it will look like, is all about settling into the being, the knowing transitioning from believing to knowing and fine-tune correcting what that looks like and just living and we started out this show you know really thinking that this was going to happen overnight and one of my greatest accomplishments of all of this will be just continuing on and showing an example a real life example of what it looks like to turn your life around and so if you're just happening upon this show in season five you should know there are four other seasons that have followed me on this journey this journey of turning my life around, this journey of finally getting to this place where I wasn't angry and spiteful and hateful and ego-driven. It really follows all of that. So you can go back to the start. What I will caution you is that it is unedited and pure and raw. And I was still very much in that ego hate phase of my life and it's all lived out loud and this whole journey has been lived out loud in truth so you will hear me venturing into businesses that if you follow the link that i am promising you will be there you will end up lost you are not going to get there just know that um but it's It's all about that journey. It was real. It was real right then. That business I was developing, that program, that course, that whatever. It was real and this is all real. This is me living my life out loud. So we can all do our dreams. Hey, yo, welcome to the death of a dream podcast where we do dreams. And speaking of doing dreams, part of that dream life, right, is like having all the pieces in place. And I talk about this like a broken record because it's just true. You know, being able to get into that flow, that movement of life. And sometimes there is an exact way of being. There are things that have to exist in order for that to be. And for me, that isn't necessarily an aesthetic thing as much as it is how things are organized, how we stay in system, 
what here allows us to exist in a better way, right? Because the management of things can oftentimes become overwhelming. And for me, at least in our home, it's usually because there isn't a spot for it. And, you know, I, we went through this major minimalist phase. And I think we've come back to a place where we have a little bit extra of a little bit of everything. Um, But we have a little bit extra and where things used to be able to fit they just don't anymore. And life has changed significantly. And here's how. Back, even just three years ago, when I really hit minimalism hard, I wasn't leaving the house very much. Neither was anybody in our house. The kids weren't in multiple activities at the same time. And so I had a three-shoe rule. And that really allowed for the space management that we had. Now, yours truly, Hannah Banana here, leaves the house for work, to walk kids to school, to go for a jog, um, to speak at events. So, like, those are all very different shoe wear required. Um, to, to coach different things. So having those shoes accessible is important. And when our kids started doing more activities, we have new backpacks, we have different shoes, we have, and they both have different shoes for all of these activities. And we've got dance bags and just a shocking amount of overwhelm with things and our lack of a management system of those things. And it evolves. Your space has to evolve with your current phase of life. And so our phase of life is our kids' shoes used to be a size 12 and a size 5. Now, there are women's size 6 and a kid's size one. And so the shoes are even bigger. So they used to fit in this cute little wire rack and we used to have three of them. And now they have to have five upstairs in order to kind of manage and do life. And now the older one cares about what she's wearing with her outfits. And so that means we have to add in maybe a couple more pairs to that lineup. And life just fluctuates like this. So I haven't adjusted our management system to our life yet, Um, but I'm working on it so that we can be functioning in our space, period. And so sometimes there has to be that look from that lens. How does our life operate now and what isn't working? And I will tell you, our front, our back entryway slash utility closet slash dining room does not function. And our bedroom does 
not function. And our bedroom doesn't function because we have a two drawer furniture flip that I did probably when we got married. We actually used it as a media council in our first apartment. And then it became, I transitioned it and it became our functioning dresser. That is our only dresser. We have a closet, but that closet looks like clothes piled up on the floor in the closet because we don't have a dresser that can actually fit clothes. So I have been on the search for a his and hers dresser because I love how in the mid-mod century and probably before that too, there used to be like his and hers versions of things. The chair would be smaller and shorter and the other chair would be taller and a little bit wider. And, you know, this was the his and hers set of chairs for your living room. <laughs> I'm like, that is so cool that there used to be that much attention to detail, that there used to be that necessity that, that people really thought like, Hey, this is our space. We should have these kinds of chairs. So I love finding stuff like that. And I was looking for a very long time. Like we have needed dressers since our entire existence. We've been married for 11 years now. And we have always talked about like, yeah, we need dressers. We need to, to do a big kid room that needs to happen. We should take better care of the space, be a little bit more intentional with it. Um, but you know what happens? The kids need something first or we can't find anything that we like. Well, one of my friends who I purchased a lot of my mid mod stuff from, he's a picker, um, posted the most beautiful furniture set that I have ever seen. And I'm like, ooh, fangirling that. So I end up just wandering into the shop and <laughs> they're not in the shop. So I ask like, hey, I just want to get eyes on them. They look so gorgeous. He's like, yeah, they're ornate. They're beautiful. And I need them out of my space. I'm like, hmm. So I leave. He's like, if you want to look at them, just let me know. Um, just let me know. Okay. So I message him like, Hey, they're really beautiful, but they're out of my budget for right now. And I'll just have to wait until I find something that's a little bit closer to my budget. And so I tell him what my budget is and he's like, yep, that'll work. Okay. So I go and grab these dressers and they're even better than I ever imagined. Because sometimes when you buy used furniture, obviously it's used and it's been used for a long time. Now what's great and what's better than what's out there now, because we've bought new now and it has fallen apart, is that things were constructed beautifully back then. So even though it's been used for 50 plus years, it's still holding up because they actually built things to hold up. 
amazing concept. I know it, 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 it is. We buy things that are not cheap and crappy and they last. Can you even imagine? No. Um, but that's, that's real. That really happened back in the day. So usually when you buy that, some of the stuff's a little bit um, tricky to get on track and, but it's still better. You know that this thing isn't just going to collapse after two years of use, which is wonderful, which has literally happened to multiple items that we have bought brand new. And this one, they actually replaced all the tracks and reinforced all of the inner workings of these cabinets reinforced and replaced. And so they've also been updated and they're just beautiful. So I'm really excited because that means that our space will function better in our bedroom, which is wonderful. Um, and our downstairs will function better as a bedroom, which is wonderful, or sorry, as an entryway, which is wonderful and allows for less thought about how and where things go, less cleanup, because everyone knows where they go. Right now, our everything goes here, but it doesn't fit leads to a lot of confusion and a lot of things left out because they go here, but they really don't. So what are we supposed to do? And I specifically, you know, our space has always been so intentional and, and so beautiful to me. And the other day we were looking at pictures and my husband was like, oh yeah, that's when our house was like decorated, you know, like it, look like everything was supposed to be where it was supposed to be. And it kind of just hit me because I'm like, I haven't had that mental space for this space because I've been taking care of the shop space. And so this space has sort of in combination with minimalism, but outgrowing that minimal state. Um, and not having the time to focus on this space, this space has sort of fallen by the wayside and we haven't ever circled back to here and examined what was required now. And so being able to do that work has felt really freeing this week and finding the pieces that I need to, to better function in our space is required so that I can do the things that I want to do. You know, like if it's a Sunday, I don't want to spend it cleaning. I want to spend it being out and exploring and wandering and, and just doing things that I find interesting, not, you know, having to hunt for a dresser set because we haven't figured this out yet. Like, yeah. So, that's my great thing, even though I didn't even start like that. Um, just finding ways to clean up the function of our space. And even, even though I said it's not all about aesthetics, it is. Loving the space that you're in matters. And when it's aesthetically pleasing, we, we do function better. And when we add function to aesthetic 
life just flows and we naturally take up a rhythm in our space. And that's really important. Really important. Really important. Really important. Um, so that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. Okay. So I have talked before about how writing releases. And when I did my last writer's conference, um, I don't know that it was a conference cohort, cohort, even that name, blah. Um, but when I did that, I talked about how sometimes writing is important in the release process. And for me, because my books are essentially a cliff notes version of what I lived out on my podcast already. But for me, it brings all those things back up and almost allows me to like finally release the tie and the hold to that moment, but also to whatever that pain was. It is a, a final release point. I remember when it happened last year when I was finishing my book and I was experiencing life in real time. And I remember being presented with something that was very similar to what I talked about releasing in my first book. And I was like, wow, this seems oddly familiar, but also like the same thing with a different jacket. I mean, the same experience, just different people. And, you know, it was exactly what I was trying to write and release. And it was what I was talking about. And so as I'm going through this second book and writing, I realize that release, you know, often I find that you're still holding on to stuff that you felt like you had forgiven and let go. And sometimes we have that reminder there that, you know, like Jack and Rose, it isn't over. It was never, no, 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 not, that's not Jack and Rose. That's, I cannot think of their name, but the notebook, Allie and is it Jack there too? No, it's not Jack and Allie. It's Ryan Gosling, but it's not Ryan. No, it's not Ryan Gosling. I don't know. I'm not even going to try, but it ain't over. It was never over for me. You know, and you know what unfolds after that. If you've watched that, if you haven't, you might want to. There are some, um, you know, pretty intense scenes. The one that I just spoke of is one of those. It wasn't over. It was never over. Um, but that's kind of how I feel when I'm writing to do that final release, like the push for me to let that go always comes in that sort of final wave phase to just go, okay, I've healed from that and I'm ready to release it completely. And so I'm writing because my book is titled or subtitled from corporate to creativity. And so I'm writing about that experience transitioning out of the corporate world and, and what a struggle that was not necessarily saying goodbye. Um, but the struggle of transitioning 
to nothingness, to no one telling you what to do, to no structure, no schedule, no anything, no guidance, no push, no reason. It's tough. And so I'm writing about that. And I, I had just finished writing my chapter, kind of talking about leaving the corporate world and talking about how there was this like dark shadow over me for a little while. And I think most of that shadow was the fact that I was walking right back into this burnout mode and mentality. And for a long time, I was like, no, it's that person. It's that place. It's that's the hold. And I think even then I was still telling myself like, no, that, that is the hold. It's, it's, it's this thing, it's this entity. And it wasn't, it was my cling to the mindset that I told myself I had to aspire to. I had to work to burn out. I had to work hard. And if you grew up with parents like I grew up with, that was the underlying tone. And that was their mentality. Like I was raised by the streets of my small town. When I made this shirt that says built by small town desert, Iowa, like literally was those sidewalks, the railroad tracks behind me, all of the parents in that community, some of the grandparents in that community, the lifeguards of that community. I mean, I was raised by that town. I was built by that town because my parents were working hard and there were no GPS trackers. I would just go disappear for the day while my parents were gone at work and we'd all just meet back up by the time the streetlights came on. Literally, that is how my life operated. And it's crazy to think now, because I could never imagine doing that with my kids now. And you're like, well, the world has changed. Well, yes and no. But regardless, it was crazy. And it was all under this notion that if you work hard, it'll pay off eventually you'll be rich and you'll be free and you'll be retired and you'll get to live the life that you want. And so that narrative of hard work and never releasing from that really was that dark cloud. And I wanted to point it to something else because obviously if I pointed that dark cloud to something else, you know what happens? I don't have to take responsibility for it. So I remember experiencing that and just being like, oh my gosh, it's this person, it's this place, it's it's this thing that I can't release. And now, as I'm experiencing that, I realize it was just this like tie to this mentality that was toxic. It's not about hard work. And hard work does not ensure that you will get where you think you are going. It does not. Love you too much, lie to you. And so I'm like 
writing this out, right? Like typing this out, thinking this all through, reliving it, really making sure that I put myself there because that's how I like to write, sort of in the feet of that experience. And so I'll work to sort of transport myself to those feelings, to those big moments and write from sitting in that place. And so I'm really like back in my corporate job. I'm, I'm going back to the gray walls. I'm sitting in that desk. I'm having those conversations again. I'm, I'm talking to all the people about all the things and I'm rehashing this. And I even write on how at one point this cloud had gotten so dark and it was so ominous and it was so present. And every day that I was living in that moment, that I decide I get called to like my box of stuff that I had saved. And I had only saved these cards that sort of reconfirmed that I was a good person. And I had held on tight to them because when I left, I felt like I'm a bad person, but all these people not so long ago thought I was a good person. So I'm going to hold on to that. Maybe I'm still good if I keep these and I can remind myself that I'm a good person. And for whatever reason, I get called to that closet where they're stored. I hadn't seen them. I hadn't thought about them in a long time. And I'm like, these got to go. So I have like this little burning seance, like a crazy person who just broke up with a boyfriend. And it felt amazing. It like instantly released something for me. And so as I'm writing about that experience, I'm like, sheesh. Yeah, I really, I really got rid of everything. That's, that is crazy. And what a huge release point. So I kind of just drop that chapter, leave it, go to work. I have to stop by the bank to our lockbox and pick up some documents for my husband's trip that he's about to go on. And so I haven't been in the lockbox for probably a year and a half. I go in there, I open it up, pull the stuff out. And underneath everything is my old parking pass to work my old job to the one that I'm writing about right now. And I'm like, what the heck? I haven't seen anything from here. Literally got rid of it. I haven't. Nothing. And here I am looking at this parking pass. And for whatever reason, it just brings back all of these feelings and emotions and sort of takes me right back there. And, you know, even as I'm talking about it right now, there's just this like pull at my heart to like just have that final let go. And so I just hold on to this parking pass. I, I take a picture of it because I can't even believe like I had just written a chapter on this like, <laughs> and I don't even know why this parking pass would be in there. My only guess is that was the last time that I had all of that information, right? Like all of the really important stuff that's in that lockbox out because it would have been the last time that I was hired for a job. And so that must have came home in my paperwork and I probably just threw it all in there, not even thinking. And I don't know why I wouldn't have needed the parking pass, but I guess I never did. And here it is. 
And so I don't get rid of it because I'm like, I don't know what this is trying to tell me, but there's something here because that doesn't just happen in the same day because I had actually planned to go there Monday. And then for whatever reason, it didn't happen. No, it didn't happen because our schedule ended up being wonky and my mom took my kids and, and they wanted to go. And we only had, we were going to go right away in the morning, but we only had one of their birthday certificates on Monday. And so we couldn't go because we need both of them. So then Tuesday rolls around. We have both birthday certificates, but I forget the key. And then Wednesday's the day. And. And I have everything. And that just happens to be the day that I wrote about this very specific experience of, of burning all the things. And then there this is. The one thing that didn't get burnt. And it's crazy to me. It is crazy how the universe just like <laughs> takes you down this path. And I always talk about how writing is such a beautiful release, whether or not you consider yourself a writer, if you aren't expressing yourself in some way, it's staying bottled up. And so journaling, writing, anything just helps to take it out and leave it somewhere. Even if you never do anything with that work, having that, that ability to refresh and decompress whatever it is for you. I think writing is such a vital part of how everyone should operate in this life. And so <laughs> I, I think it's so beautiful how the world sort of takes you back, especially when you're self-reflecting and you're, you're, you're working on that self-peace. And you're working on that reminder that this is where you're supposed to be. And, and, and you're working to keep leveling up, to keep evolving. And the beautiful thing about evolution is it is really steps forward and back. Because as you're pushing new limits, you have to release old things holding you back. And I know that this is like a final tie because it's so much more specific. It's so much smaller. And, and it, it always happens this way for me. Writing is the final release for me. And I think if we all adopted some force of that, that doesn't mean that you have to author and pen entire books. But putting our life in this perspective, letting ourselves reflect on what's actually going on in real time helps us to find presence, helps us to make better, more conscious and present decisions, and helps with releasing and realizing that there is repetition here. And if you're just living life and you're not paying that close attention and you're not keeping a track record, it can be hard to just mark these things off and go, well, eh, this is different. 
This is a different job. These are different people. They're all the same. And the crazy thing about life is, as we're experiencing that, we're essentially magnetizing that to either grow and let go or to push and pursue. You know, like maybe we need new people in our corner. And so this moment is deciding the energy that you want and sort of pushing and pursuing that new energy. And sometimes in order to that to do that, we got to let go of those anchors that are kind of holding us and tying us back to that old place. And the cool thing is, if you keep just putting feelers out there and you're not forcing, you'll realize what is meant to happen here. And it's this beautiful, magnetizing revolution of life. And I can't wait for everybody to experience it. It really is beautiful because the world lays and plays out for you. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change. I don't know if I got all of that in, so I'm going to go ahead and (laughs) tip my hat officially to this episode and to all of you. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, I've enjoyed spending time with you and I cannot thank you enough for making what I do possible. If you want to continue to support the show and therefore continue the development of everything that we're doing here with the death of a dream and the development of local and all of the platforms that allow dreamers to do, you can go ahead and connect with us on socials at local shop space and connect with me on socials at Hannah Nuss. And I would love to see you there. Go ahead and check out all of our websites and everything that we do here. I would love you to do all of that, to like, share, and and comment on everything that we're doing. But bottom line, I, I just want you to do your dreams. And as long as you're going after the things that set your heart on fire, that's all that really matters. Change the world.